I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Can you describe your hair? Uh, I've got cornrows right now. Uh, I have locks. A lot of people call them dreadlocks, but I call them locks. A bit rough, a bit uh, like steel wool at times. You know, if I can keep it moisturized, it'll get like, you know, maybe like a wet sponge. All right, what does your hair say about you? What does my hair say about me? Uh, ooh, Man, that's a great question. Definitely can't deny that I'm a black man. Says that I'm black, because <laughs> this is a common uh, haircut within the black community. Free spirit, I can do what I want with my hair, really. De- definitely, um, definitely it shows my age. I do have a full beard. I don't have any hair on my head, so that also shows a bit of age as well. It's, it's expressive, it's black expression, I feel like. Beyonce? You look like Luther Van Dross. Ho. Oh. But make it fashionable. It's Britney, y'all. We were rooting for you, Tiffany. We were rooting for you. Who said that? Welcome to Back Issue. A weekly podcast that revisits formative moments in pop culture that we still think about. This week, Willow, she whips it back and forth. Solange reminded you not to touch it. NDRE is not it. We're talking about hair. Hair. Her, if you're from the Midwest. (laughs) I rock rough and stuff with my Afro puffs, and I'm Josh Gwen. I am not my hair either. (laughs) And I'm Tracy Clayton. Hey, Tracy. Hi, friend. This is so exciting. I can't believe that for the first time we are recording in the exact same room. We're in the same room. For the first time. Since Ever. How old is this podcast? Two, three, four, five, seven, eight years? Three. This is wild. I'm happy that we get to be in the same room because uh-huh. today we're going to talk about hair. Yay. 
It's something we talk about all the time. All the time. We just talked about your hair. <laughs> and we're not going to do like your basic YouTube tutorial. Been Here's there. how to elongate your curls and do, they all lie anyway. Do mm-hmm. you know how much time I have lost of my life? Do you know how many times I've made flaxseed gel? Do you know how many times it's actually held my hair in any sort of form? I'm going to get zero. Zero. One time I put egg in my hair, and when I rinsed it out, the water was too hot, so it cooked, it cooked in it. my hair. Yes. Uh-huh. One yes. time I put avocado in my hair, uh-huh. and I didn't strain it, and so I just had pieces of avocado <laughs> in my hair. I was like, people calling me Chipotle and shit. We walking around like whole fruit salads out here. <laughs> That's not, not the conversation that we're going to have. We are clearly in no position to give anybody <laughs> advice. So instead, what we're going to do, we're going to get a little bit Deeper. We're going to talk about how hair makes us feel. Right, our right. feelings. My hair makes me mad these days. Really? Yeah, I'm over it. Wait, I am. Why? I'm bored. Okay. I'm, I don't have the energy. I, I got that. a big head. You know, it's a whole lot happening. It's too much. Mm-hmm. How does hair make you feel? How do braids make you feel? Amazing, because I don't have to wake up and do my hair. I used to, like, do my own individuals mm. and I used to do my own faux locks. Had a whole wash day routine. And used I would, to keep track on the calendar. What oh day God. I put sulfates in my hair. Exactly. When did I co-wash? Yeah, exactly. Making making my own apothecary in my New York apartment. Oh my gosh. With all the butters and oils the and product junkies of it all. Mm-hmm. I had a blender that was dedicated to hair. Okay, that's a little wild. I didn't. Have, I wasn't like, gonna a use the blender. one that I use for my smoothies on my. I hair. mean, it makes sense. That's nasty. I don't recommend doing but, that. But like all of you with the shea butter and stuff that you oh. got from 125th Street. You was fancy. Mm-hmm. Put the essential oils in it so it smells good. <laughs> so in this episode, we really want to get into all things hair, and specifically Tracy. Mm-hmm. One thing that I've noticed about hair recently is the amount of men in this conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't remember a lot of men being present on YouTube during, like, the movement. during the movement. Right. But now you see on TikTok, on YouTube, you see a lot more men participating and growing their hair out Listen. and participating in like the tutorials and like what works for them and mm-hmm. putting their product against their palm on camera. Right. Tutorial style. <laughs> So those voices you heard at the beginning of the episode, they were all men, all black men from Atlanta, talking about what their hair said about them. And here they are talking about how they keep their hair together, what their routine is. Do you have a hair care routine? I do have a hair care routine. So at least, I'd say about three times a week, I make sure I do a deep uh, shampoo and conditioner routine. I do like a washing style. Um, not necessarily, not necessarily a routine, it just, Depends on whatever style I'm, I'm looking for. It depends on whatever product I'll use. I do tie my hair up at night. In the morning, I may spray it with water. I get my deep conditioning. I put the deep conditioning in my hair and leave it in for like 30 minutes. I try to keep the top low because I got a little George Jefferson situation going on. Put the rag back on, you know, keep it on for the night. Wake up, you know, smooth, soft, wavy. But I want to talk about how gender and race are both at play when we talk about black hair. Like how certain hairstyles are acceptable for black men and some are acceptable for black women. And how this conversation about black hair in general is becoming more and more inclusive. Right. How are we going to do this? I think first we should start with the historical beats, Mm -hmm. right? 
You know how I love a timeline. Right. <laughs> then I want to talk to Carvel Wallace. He's a writer, a podcaster, and he talks a lot about gender and sexuality. So we can talk about how gender and sexuality get performed through the hair for mm. black men in particular. See? Deep. These are the conversations that we're trying to have. And finally, you know what I'm going to do? Oh, Lord, what? I have an idea. Oh, Lord, what? <laughs> I want to actually get a silk press. Do it, do it, do it, do it, okay, do it. Okay. Yay! <laughs> I'll do anything for a story, you know me. I love it. So dedicated to your craft. Also, you are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. All right. So we need to go back in history a little bit. And now it's the 1800s. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Where's Octavia Butler? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Take us back, Lord. Bring us back. Uh, okay, but we need to look back because as time changes and evolves, so do politics, mm-hmm. so does our way of life. So does fashion. So does fashion. Mm -hmm. And so do hairstyles Mm -hmm. in direct relation to societies evolving and changing, Mm -hmm. right? Right. We're about to ease on down the road and do what I like to call a timeline. Let's hop in our little time machine, Marty McFly vibes. So let's go early 20th century. Okay. (laughs) Can anyone think of what was happening during this time? (laughs) Uh, uh, Racism. Yes. (laughs) Trick question. (laughs) Having it all the time. Always. (laughs) So, like, think Madam C.J. Walker, right? Mm -hmm. She's always one of the first people that we hear about during Black History Month. She's one of the first people that, like, young kids learn about. Mm -hmm. Madam C.J. Walker built a hair empire. She was, I think, one of the first black women millionaires. Self-made. And she did that selling products to black women to help them straighten their hair, right? And black women straightened their hair because they were assimilating into the larger white culture. Mm -hmm. White people had straight hair, so that's what was seen as beautiful and acceptable. And professional. And professional, child. That has not changed. That has not changed. Isn't that wild? Did I ever tell you about this terrible co-worker I used to have who always said some slick shit about my hair? No. Okay, real quick. Madam C.J. Walker, we'll be right back. Wait, hold on, hold on, girl, hold on. (laughs) I was working as a receptionist for a nonprofit back home in Louisville, right? Ooh, there was this white woman. And, like, it's one time she brought her kids to the office. And she's introducing me to her children. She's like, here's Tracy with the crazy hair. Oh, no. And it's like a wash and go. You know what, what? I mean? It's not even fucking crazy. And so, unfortunately, I had to get my hair straightened so that I could get it trimmed. And I'm like, I know she's going to say something at work. I know she she's is. She's going to say, oh, my God, how nice does your hair look? She came in and she went, oh. <gasps> You look so professional today. Oh, my God. So, friends, imagine that, but, like, a billion times worse. So, man, CJ Walker, come, come, come here. Come here, girl. Come here, girl. Ain't shit changed. <laughs> <laughs> Same shit, different toilet, girl. <laughs> so, you got 
folks straightening their hair just like as the norm, right? Mm-hmm. In 1909, the first ever hair relaxer. Also, can we talk about the terminology? Like relax? Relaxer. Why my my hair's not stressed out? It's not agitated. So in 1909, the first quote unquote relaxer was invented on accident by Garrett A. Morgan. How do you know to put it on your head? Right. I just I do have a lot of questions. But let's know, obviously, black people were not just replicating the look of white people, mm-hmm. right? Writer Harriet Colt said, it wasn't just about looking like white folks and straightening their hair. Black men had created a look that was wholly unique. Mm-hmm. It was neither naturally textured nor white hair. Somewhere in between. Also, this is when we start to see the emergence of a style called, I can't say this. The conk. The conk. It's like, <laughs> conk, conk. It's like, that's the perfect example of something that's neither naturally textured, nor is it white hair. Right. A white man's not growing that. No, no. But it also doesn't look like it's you not grew coming it naturally. naturally exactly. Exactly. I feel like possibly one of the most famous conks mm-hmm. in history, Duke Ellington. Don't mean a thing if you ain't got that swing. Malcolm X wore his hair in a conch briefly, mm. and this instance was immortalized in the film Malcolm X in 1992. I can see it in my head. Put some water on it. More water. How's it feel? I feel like I ain't got no skin on my head. If you can talk, it's out. Can't tell you. It's straight though, right? I ain't doing this again. Him screaming and yelling into the sink. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it hurts so much. How's it look? <laughs> Anybody that's gotten a perm or a texturizer identifies with that moment. Listen, my scalp hurts right now. <laughs> Just remembering. Looks white, don't it? Look white, don't it? Ugh, such the a good movie. F- fact that Malcolm X is like, looks white, don't it? Mm-hmm. That was the goal. He described getting a conch as the first really big step towards self-degradation, saying, quote, when I endured all that pain, literally burning my flesh to have it look like white man's hair, I have joined the multitude of Negro men and women in America who are brainwashed into believing that the black people are inferior and white people superior that they will even violate and mutilate their God-created bodies to try to look pretty by white standards. <sighs> yeah, that made me feel bad for ever getting a perm. It's like, I really am about, like, people having autonomy over their body and being able to do what the fuck they want with their right. own body, you know? Yeah. And this is what we were talking about when we talked about the evolution, right? Because once upon a time, yes, people did straighten their hair because they wanted it to look white. Mm-hmm. Time goes on, we learn more about ourselves and our history and our culture. We gain the ability, or should have gained the ability, to separate the actual hairstyle from its origins. Right. And just do with your hair what you want to do with it. Right. You know? I remember towards the tail end of my permed life, mm-hmm. there's this one girl who used to give me shit about perming my hair all the time. So mm-hmm. I doubled down on it. Like, mm. like, not only will I straighten my hair, I will straighten it too much. <laughs> in your face, you know? And it's it's... It's complicated. It's complicated. It is complicated. But I love what happens next on this timeline. Because it's like, Malcolm X is saying there's a racial thing that's happening, right? Mm -hmm. But with this next group, it's like a a rock and roll. Yes, yes, yes. pretty type of... Let's get into that. Now we're in the 1950s and 60s. 
And this is where the pompadour becomes a popular style among black men. Mm -hmm. So perhaps most famous among these men sporting the pompadour, woo! Shut up! Shut up! (laughs) (laughs) The one and only Lil Richard, child. The architect of rock and roll. Some of the ladies asked me if that was all your hair. That's your hair. (laughs) Yes, it is. It's mine. I paid cash for it. (laughs) Every bit of it. (laughs) There was this TV show back in the day on Nickelodeon called Taina. And it Uh was the bomb. And the villain on the show, her name was Maritza. Mm -hmm. And she used to wear weave. And the lead and her best friend were like, girl. Where'd that hair come from? (laughs) My roots. You know, the hair store on Pelham Parkway. I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. But Lil Richard, man, his hair was fly. It was fly, and he was so in your face, uncaring about it. Then we get to the 60s, into the real meat of the civil rights movement, right? Mm-hmm. And as we know, this is when everyone starts wearing their hair all natural. Indeed, Black is indeed. beautiful. Indeed. The bigger the natural. I love when people call it a natural. Yes. It's so old school. Like, we should start doing it again. We should start calling it a natural. Like, everyone calls it an afro. But, like, uh-huh. when Back one of my day. parents or my grandparents is like, you wearing your hair in the natural? <laughs> I just, it makes my heart sing. There's this episode of Martin, right, Mm -hmm. where Pam is dating this dude who's just, like, extra black and militant, right? Mm -hmm. Like, somebody would be like, oh, good morning. He'd be like, what's good about it, my brother? (laughs) Like that. And so at one point, Pam is like, Gina, I got to tell you something. She was like, I am not allowing you to marry Tahim. He will make you take out your weave and make you wear a natural girl. You know you can't do that. (laughs) I was like, what? What? I think that might be the first time I heard it referred to as a natural. Back to the timeline. So this is when hair becomes a very intentional political statement. It's a statement. It is a statement. It's on purpose. Mm -hmm. It's a conscious choice that you make. Maybe not because you like the way it looks. I assume that everybody did. But there's a reason behind it. Mm -hmm. And let's play this clip of an interview of Black Panther member Kathleen Cleaver. as She talks about her natural hair and why she decided to wear it. This is in 1968. This brother here, myself, all of us were born with our hair like this, and we just wear it like this. The reason for it, you might say, is like a new awareness among black people that their own natural appearance, physical appearance, is beautiful. For so many, many years, we were told that only white people were beautiful. Only straight hair, light eyes, light skin was beautiful, and so black women would try everything they could, straighten their hair, lighten their skin, to look as much like white women. This has changed because black people are aware, and white people are aware of it too because white people now want uh, natural wigs. They want wigs like this. Dig it? Isn't it beautiful? All right. (laughs) I feel emotional. It makes me want to cry because it's like the fact that a movement like that is needed. Yes. You know? And like just, I mean, needed today. Mm -hmm. You know, just because of like our media diet. My aunt Lorraine had this afro, and when I tell you it looks like, it was the perfect Round. sphere. Uh. And I and it was it looked like a halo. Mm-hmm. I just think about how different 
naturals are now now we want them to be like textured yeah and we have want to like, elongate our curls we want definition still say that, yeah exactly mm-hmm. and they were going for the perfect circle mm-hmm. it's just like take up as much space as you can yes you yes. know yes and also this really illustrates the extent to which literally just existing as your natural self mm-hmm. means something it means something. all the time the personal really is political, right down to, like, your physical body. And the political is personal. Mm. Looking at the 1960s, you have locks being popularized by mm-hmm. Bob Marley mm-hmm. and the emergence of reggae in the U.S. Mm-hmm. The name has its origins in the slave trade adopted by Rastafarians who modeled them off of soldiers of the Mau Mau Rebellion in Kenya. Mm-hmm. The story of why they were initially called dreadlocks mm. is that the black warriors who wore their hair like that they would ride in on horses and like their the white folks said that their hair would just like flow in the wind as they were riding mm-hmm. and they started to call them dreaded locks because they dreaded their arrival so much okay. because they were so fierce. Oh. Mhm. Can I just talk about white dreadlocks real quick? And I say white dreadlocks because dreadlock is a derogatory term, right? Like, now they're referenced as locks. Mm-hmm. White people. Y'all still have dreadlocks. Y'all still have dreadlocks. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Let's hear Bob Marley talk about his hair. He was so fine. Let me just tell you the truth, you know. Uh, all we do with this is just leave it. Wash it. It don't comb it. Oh, yeah. Right? You where you keep it clean. And dreadlock itself. Because you find that... Um, no, these separated, you know. <laughs> and I mean, watch this. This is one. This is two. Locks started becoming adopted by artists and intellectuals. Mm-hmm. Basquiat, Angela Davis, Alice Walker, Tracy Chapman. Yes. These are all famous locks. Mm. Let's move into the 80s. Just let yourself. Moving into the 80s. We started to see the S curl and Jerry curl again gaining real prominence. Soul glow. Uh, And Wave Nouveau. Don't leave out Wave Nouveau. Oh my gosh. Where does a Duke fall in there? Is Duke an S curl? It's like phylum genus species. Like, I. Duke is to S curl as <laughs> Wave Nouveau is to Man, you know that You know that they, they're bringing back Jerry Curls? Yes. And I was like, what? I saw that. So I cannot remember a time where it was cool or cute to have a Jerry Curl. Whenever I saw it in media, black folks were talking about it and they were talking about it in a negative way or they were making fun of it. Like in Living Color? Yes. Rodney, tell the people out there what happened to you as a result of your Jerry Curl? So Jim Carrey walks over to friend of the show, Tommy Davidson, and his hair is the focal point. It's curly, it's slippery, it's wet, it's dripping. But you know, you know, first it was the in thing to do, man. Everybody had one, you know? Mm-hmm. Then things started going bad, man. My woman left me, man. Because she got tired of washing them pillow covers, man. That is hilarious. Right? We have Lawrence Fishburne in school days using Samuel L. Jackson's curl as a rebuttal to his blackness. Aw, 
you black? Hey, look, man, don't ever question the fact whether I'm black. In fact, I was gonna ask your country, Bama ass, why you got them drip drip chemicals in your head? That's right, <laughs> goddamn. And then come out in public with a shower cap on your head. Like a fucking bitch. Who you calling a bitch, bitch? <laughs> Who you calling no. a bitch, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> so we go from the natural, like super black, super proud, and then it's like. Folks wanted to be natural, but they also wanted to... Dabble. Exactly. Exactly. Try it. Then you got the curl. And then eventually it becomes a sign of, like, you selling out, basically. Mm-hmm. Also, they do just seem really messy, you know? Yeah. At one point in middle school, I was, like, the king of the texturizer. Like, I loved a texturizer. What? And then I went on a trip and didn't have access to getting more of it. Oh, I have And so the point of demarcation on the hair strand uh-huh. got too high what? and all of my hair broke off in, in the shower. All of it. Wow. It was traumatic. So y'all went through it to get them little waves then. Mm-hmm. Uh, take me to the 90s. All right. It's the 90s. Mm-hmm. This is so dope because here's where we see the invention of a hairstyle that has not yet existed, right? Like mm-hmm. folks had their naturals, mm-hmm. but they did not have their naturals in the shape of a very high top box on top of their head. Come which on, is geometry. Essential. You know what I'm saying? I did get an A in that one semester. <laughs> Obviously, when you think of a high top fade, you, you think, think of, of kid from Kid and Play. Kid and Play walking down the street and the police stopping him and being like, Hey, Eraser head. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Uh, it's so interesting though. I mm-hmm. want to know who was the first person who was like, you know what, this afro is dope. But you know what would be doper? If it was a square. You know what it probably happened? What? And this is not verified. Do not come at me if this is wrong. <laughs> but innovation usually comes out of tragedy. Like, <laughs> you know the story for Salt and Pepper and how they wore in- asymmetrical cuts? No, what's it's the story? They burned their half of their head off in a perm. My sister just got her little beautician license and permed my hair and burnt it all and messed it up. And I had to shade that side. And I looked at it, saw like, oh, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? We just shaved it and kept this side and shaved that side. <laughs> Cause it, I was bald. Like it was wrong. Yeah. It was wrong. <gasps> and what? so they wore asymmetrical cuts and it became in style and everybody started wearing them. So maybe Wow. Cause that some, was the look. That was the look for a while. So maybe something happened one day and the, the barber was like, oops. And uh-huh. he had to cut around. He was like, check this out. I got it. I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Also, if you are drinking a beverage right now, please pour a little bit out for Steve Harvey's high top fade wig that uh, he came out of very dramatically to go bald. This song's dedicated to Steve Harvey in his box ass wig. <laughs> I just wanted to sing for y'all. Mr. High Tower. <laughs> Mr. High Tower. I know the do rag is back in a big way, but not only as a styling tool, but as Mm -hmm. a fashion item itself. So when did that happen? Was it in the 90s that people started... Just wearing wearing them as and like, like coordinating them with their clothes mm, and getting the velvet ones with the long cape. Sometimes I love the long cape, man. See now, why come the do rag was accepted outside the house, but bonnets to this day, massage noir. Bam! Thanks for <laughs> thanks for coming to your TED talk. <laughs> And that sort of brings us to today. 
Tracy, my dear, mm-hmm. I want to move from the historical to the personal. Let's do it. I want to know, Tracy, what's a hairstyle for you that you felt the most confident, the most beautiful, the most bad bitch energy from, and why? Hmm. Honestly, mm-hmm. I felt that way when I was in high school and I just got a fresh touch up. Mm. And my hair was really long then, right? When it was straight, like it came down like mid back. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Aaliyah. And I, I just it. felt like it was the hippest I've ever been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was not a particularly hip child. Mm-hmm. But, like, that was always the one thing that would get people to turn their heads or, like, compliment me. It would always be like, oh, your hair is so cute. Your hair is so long. Mm-hmm. So I think that's it. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. What about you? There was a time where I grew my hair the second longest it's ever been. Mm-hmm. And I had the haircut that was very popular uptown at the time where the sides are shaved, mm-hmm. like faded. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the top and the back uh-huh. are long. Uh-huh. Like a frohawk. Oh. I sure used to have this haircut. But I had grown my hair out long with mm-hmm. the style. And I remember I was going to get my hair braided one time. Uh-huh. And the lady next to me was like, your hair is so pretty. And I was like, thank you, but it really made my year. <laughs> like, I, I was like. I can feel it. You like, know? Residually. I felt so seen. Aw. Well, I want to throw it to a quick break, and then I'm going to sit down with writer, podcaster Carvel Wallace for a conversation about what all of this means in the context of gender and queerness and Blackness. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so popping. Excite! Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. 
At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Do you consider certain hairstyles masculine and others feminine? Oh, yes. Yes, yeah, nah, I don't know, yes and no. Because okay. I feel like I've seen like rock stars who got the long hair like women do and they, they able to rock it and pull it off. And you see some women who got like the hair like I do and they able to do the same thing, pull it off. So I would say, I'd probably say no. I wouldn't say it's like a difference. Yes, unfortunately, I see certain hairstyles on men and they don't look very masculine, more or less straightened hair. Um, it just depends on who does it, honestly. There's certain types of braids that is that is feminine, and there's certain types of braids that, well, no, nah, not really. I don't, I don't know if they, I don't know if, I feel, I believe that there's definite feminine styles, but masculine styles, I'm not sure. Back issue and we're back. And I want to throw to a conversation I had with Carvel Wallace, pronouns he, they. He's a New York Times bestselling writer, an award-winning podcaster, and I sat down with this culture critic about town and asked him to describe his hair for me. Today, I have it just like kind of down and out. Down and out. Kind of curly. Mm-hmm. I have been growing it since pandemic started. The main goal I had was two French braids, like two twin French braids. That was the mm. vision that came to me that I was like, I want to grow my hair long enough for that. Mm-hmm. So now it's like a little curly, a little like leave-in conditioner ringlets mm-hmm. type vibe is what I have going on today. In the context of thinking of hair as a performance of gender, yeah. as a queer person, are there hairstyles that you feel like were culturally off limits to you? Well, it was it was really interesting growing up because I remember it feeling this intense pressure to perform masculine gender from a very early age. Mm. And the barbershop was definitely like the high point of that 
force. Oh like my you, that God. was the belly of the beast. And my uh. and my dad, who was not in my life a lot, but when I was with him, mm-hmm. and when when we would go into the barbershop to get a haircut, everybody knew what they were doing. They knew what to ask for. They knew the lingo. They knew how to talk about this, that. Mm-hmm. They and I felt like I was in this world where I was just very quickly trying to learn the language, mm-hmm. and so. I only wanted a haircut that would keep me from having any difficulty in that space. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> so like to the depth of me, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So if people were gonna do like a little Caesar with like a little fade, guess who's doing a little Caesar with a little fade? If you're gonna do maybe like a little ducktail or something like that, I guess mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. Like to me, it was very much about just trying to like not have anyone look at me like what the fuck is wrong with this nigga? Like, exactly. why is he weird? You know what I mean? Like, I was just trying to stay under the radar as a child. So I didn't even let myself acknowledge the stuff that I wanted because I knew it would be too hard for me to hide that in these spaces. So I feel like there's this, like, internal compass that we have. It's just, like, cultural literacy mm. of, like, what makes Mm -hmm. a hairstyle for men and what makes Mm -hmm. a hairstyle for women. But if you had to do the work of describing what goes in which category, how would you do it? (laughs) It's funny because I remember I was an adult before it really dawned on me. Like, I was in my 20s. And the part of this has to do with growing up in the 80s when gender was, you know, different. But, like, I was in my 20s before I realized that men and women quite literally have the same hair. Like... (laughs) Like, it took me a few weeks to be like, wait, there's really no factual difference between the hair on a man's head and the hair on a woman's head. There's no difference. Mm -hmm. So that was one of my, like, huge gender blowups because I'm like, well, then why do we perceive of them so differently? And why do we treat it differently? And why do we treat it so differently? And so, you know, I think what I was taught of men's hairstyles is that it should appear not fussy. Mm -hmm. You haven't gone out of your way to look good for anyone. It's secretly you have, but you're supposed to look like you haven't gone out of your way. You haven't primped and preened at all. Mm-hmm. That's lady stuff. You know, you just mm-hmm. look functional and professional, and you mm-hmm. you can take care of things and handle things and Aesthetics. bring home a check. Who's that? I don't care. Yeah. Functionality. Mm-hmm. It's, that's what it's Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think that even, you know, starting in the 2010s, you started seeing more people rock long hairstyles. I don't know how black folks rock long hairstyles. And even there... I think the thing is it has to be faded on the side mm-hmm. in order for your masculinity to remain intact. There has to mm. still be that sharp line and that sharp fade that mm-hmm. indicates like, yeah, I'm doing this is, yeah, this is up here, but to keep it 100, right. I'm still a dude. Let's Don't not forget. get it twisted. Mm-hmm. Don't forget. And so that is what I think of, you know, stereotypically. Mm-hmm. With women, I think about this all the time because I look at all the different hairstyles the women in my family wear. And like the thing about I love about black women's hair, which I realize is like complicated, is that you will see a black woman in your life wear like 40 different hairstyles in a year. Oh, you absolutely. You know, there'll be the braids, then the this, then the that, then they come back with the free thing. Wigs then they came get, around. Wait, and wait, and just like, you're just like, <laughs> yo, like there's like, you're endless. This is endless beauty. Like you can that's just, the I options loved. are all there. And I love that. And yeah. so I think that's the thing that, like now, even just in having grown my hair out, I've gotten a little bit of that. That the last time you saw me, I had some braids. Last time you saw me, I had some a little some twists. Mm-hmm. This time I have a fro. Next mm-hmm. time you see me, it might be up in a bun. Like that I get to like use my hair as a way to express something about myself 
in ways that I didn't get to do when I felt confined to typically male hairstyle. Yeah. So I grew up in California outside of Los Angeles. Oh, okay. But both my parents are from Long Beach, and I used to go there every weekend. And I agree with everything that you said in terms of like oh, how you I know were exactly down. where you're going with this. Exactly how this. we're go breaking ahead, down men's same hairstyle same. and women's hairstyle. <laughs> But there was always this asterisk to me where it was like, except for yes. a silk press. Ex- yep, except for basically pimps and everything right. pimp-adjacent style-wise, aesthetically. So That's I'm looking right. at Snoop Dogg, and I'm like, why does he get a pass but nobody else does? Like, As soon as you said why? Long Beach, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. DJ Quick, like Al Sharpton. So this has been my theory about this for a long time. You remember, um, remember the movie... Don't be a menace to society when you're drinking mm-hmm. your gin and juice mm-hmm. in the hood. The parody. So remember that that character came out the house. He wore the like fuzzy slippers and he had the mm-hmm. baby pacifier. And he, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Quick fashion question. Should I wear this check now with the high tops? Mm-hmm. Or should I wear this Uzi with my low tops? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just wear these then. And so my theory has always been that there is a level of hard that you can be that is only reified if you can get away with doing decidedly unhard gay-looking things and get right. away with it. This has always been my just working theory that if you're Snoop, if you're DJ Quick or whatever, you can wear Jared Curl's Silk Press, this, that, because you are so hard that no one would ever question your masculinity. And Mm. this performance of softness in the way you dress and how you accessorize yourself and the femininity of your hair goes to only serve to, like, prove how hard you truly are. it's like, try me. Yeah, it's like, try me. Yeah. If you have spent all of this time establishing your hardness, then that means that you will harm or threaten or challenge anyone who doesn't behave in a way that affords you the space that you want then that's one way to get the space to wear a silk press without having anybody have any issues with it. Yeah. And the thing is, these people look beautiful to me. Like, just Mm -hmm. if you just take, like, just visually, for me as, like, an aesthetic person, as a Libra, somebody who thinks about looks and vibes and feels all the time, I love the way black men get beautiful when we get beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious about where that comes from and what the history of that is. Well, do you think that the people that that have the try-me silk presses Mm. are— a step closer to their femininity or further away? I mean, this is this is a cockamamie off-the-wall theory, so mm-hmm. I'll probably get canceled for this, but I, just, <laughs> I don't care. I think that it's almost like a horseshoe effect thing in mm. politics where if you get super masculine, you kind of become feminine again. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you've mm-hmm. gone so far in one direction, you are so embedded in your masculinity that you are able to embody all aspects of yourself. And some of those aspects include things that we have been trained are coded as feminine. You're so masculine that it becomes the village people. Yes, in some sense, right? Or like, oh, well, Cat Williams is a really good example, right? Mm-hmm. Because I was thinking about, like, it's so easy to presume some kind of gender fluidity on the part of Cat Williams because of the way he dresses, acts, mm-hmm. talks, or whatever. Mm-hmm. If there's any haters in here right now that don't have nobody to hate on, feel free to hate on me. Sit back there and say my hair ain't luxurious when you know it is, bitch. And there's not a lot, real whole lot of true, honest-to-God evidence to support that. It just mm-hmm. feels that way. Mm-hmm. And so part of me thinks that these are people, and I'm not saying they're it's admirable, I'm saying these are people who are so fully embodied in who they are Mm -hmm. like unapologetically without Mm -hmm. fear, doubt, concern, or second guessing 
that they are able to embody aspects of themselves that are in there that maybe the rest of us might have pushed aside because we don't want to be called certain things or go through certain troubles or be hassled in certain ways. Mm-hmm. These people have allowed those things to flourish and embody them because they're fully themselves. Mm. That doesn't mean they're feminists or they're pro-woman <laughs> in right. any way, shape, or form. It just means that they don't give a fuck. It just means that they don't give a fuck. Mm. <laughs> and there's something to that. Mm. I want to come back to this idea of like the barbershop. Yes. What do you think would have happened to you in those spaces if you had asked for, like, extensions or to have your hair straightened? Oh, my God. It's hard for me to imagine me trying to (laughs) get some extensions Mm -hmm. at at a barbershop in Landover, Maryland in 1988. That's not Mm -hmm. going down. Right. Like, that, I would be snatched out the chair, like, straight up and down. Mm -hmm. Like, it just wouldn't be... There's no space for that. Like, no space. And this is the thing I've been thinking a lot about lately, which is where is there space? to be you. Mm-hmm. I was just talking with a friend about how it's not that black people are more homophobic because mm-hmm. we're not the ones out here passing laws, telling people to arrest trans kids. But for me, when black folks are homophobic, it hurts a more. thousand times worse. Yeah, that's what it is. Like, it, it hurts so much worse because I'm like, that's my home. And the gender policing makes it so that people are like, if you don't conform to gender along these lines... It's not just that we'll roast you. It's not just that. In some cases, it's like, no, if you don't do that, you literally don't belong to blackness anymore. You are Mm. out of the family. Mm. Not just this family, the black family. And there's something about that that is so painful, especially for those of us that have been looking for belonging and and home and Mm. partnership and blackness for all of our lives because we were either separated from it when we were younger Mm -hmm. or just whatever. And to me, I've been thinking more and more about like, what it means to find a place that is home. And yeah, and the real grief of knowing that like in many ways that's not with your family. That's not with your people. But where is it then? You know, it's out there. I mean, we're here. You know that's what I'm saying? True. Like that's we're true. here. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, it's like I know these places are out there, these little patches of land mm-hmm. where I belong. I know they're out there. But the space between them is dry and difficult, you know? And that's what I feel like most of my life is the space between them. I completely identify with what you're saying. Um, mm. How do you know when you're home? How does it feel? Well, it's like I don't have to try anymore. I don't have to try. It's not that I don't have to give effort. It's that I don't have to try to be loved. And my brain doesn't have to think about If I do this, will I be loved less? If I do that, will I be loved less? How do I word this in such a way as that they don't feel a kind of way and that I don't, you know what I mean? When I don't have to do that labor and I can focus my energy on the labor of being and loving and creating because it just frees up RAM in my brain. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Now I can do other functions. Mm -hmm. That is a a feeling of home. And I I do get that sometimes with some people. And what's really hard, I think the gender stuff is really confusing. Mm -hmm. It's like people understand, okay, you're... You're cis or you're not cis. Okay, I got mm-hmm. that. That's one of those two things. So mm-hmm. so you seem like you're cis. So what is the issue? And I'm like, I don't know how to explain it. Mm. It's sort of like, I feel a little bit like all genders at all mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. 
And so the weird thing that happens, which is fine, that's fine. But the weird thing that happens is when someone treats me and can only imagine me as one thing, mm. then they unwittingly just like shut out a whole part of my experience. Of and like, yeah, for a stranger yeah. to do that, okay, whatever, that's fine. If some dude in the street is like, hey, what's up, dude? I'm like, okay, this guy thinks I'm doing fine. But when someone really close to you does it, and they, it, it, it again, it hurts, it hurts more. It's also like when someone close to you does it, it's like, damn, I thought you knew me. <laughs> like, mm. I felt seen by you, but now I don't well, feel I, as it's seen. Like, it's like I thought I was, I thought I was home. Yeah, yeah. Carvel Wallace is a writer, a podcaster, and my new spiritual twin. Back in a bit. All right, what is a silk press? Uh, a silk press is when, um, I think it's a washing style, washing style, washing conditioning, um, blow dry it, and then they're going through it with the hot comb, if I'm correct. From what I've seen, it's a like a straight, you straighten your hair? A silk press to me is when your hair is uh, bone straight and silky, like, it's, uh, like you can comb right through it. To me, that's what uh, I feel like a silk press is. So, Tracy. So what? There's a part of this Carvel tape that I didn't play before. Okay, why are you keeping secrets? <laughs> you gotta keep the best of the end. <laughs> it's when I asked him if I, myself, Josh, should get a silk press. Okay, all right. Let's get into it. What did he say? Here's what he said. Well, do you have fear about getting a silk press? Several. Okay, so... Okay, have... please, <laughs> let, let me know. Okay, so here are the things I'm afraid of. Uh-huh. I'm afraid that I'll get heat damage and ruin my yeah. hair. Yeah. I'm afraid that the length that I have is going to look... Uh-huh, right. More Al Sharpton than, <laughs> like, Bad oh, Bitch, which is what I'm so envisioning. Accurate. It's so accurate. You know? Yeah, and no, 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 no shade of no shade to but that's not the look you were going for. That's not the look I'm going for, and I'm scared (laughs) that my my length is going to land me there. Mm -hmm. I'm also afraid of. It's not something I would do, knowing that I'm going to a family reunion the next day. Yeah, right. You know, but I'm one of those people where like. I'm like, I just want to try it. Well, and it's temporary. I mean, it's not you know, and so I think. If I were in your situation, I would think of it as an experiment. Mm. It's, you know, we have to experiment with our queerness a lot. Like, that's was my experience. Mm -hmm. Especially you have no one around to tell you, do this, don't do that. In hetero world, everything tells you what to do. Go do this, talk to her that way, get her phone number. When you are finding your queer identity, for many of us, we have to try stuff that is weird and scary. And so we learn a kind of experimentation Mm. that I think serves you well here. Like, if you want to see what it's like to have a silk press, yeah, don't bring it to a family reunion because that you won't even see about the silk press. You'll just see about your family. And, you know, right. So it's like and that's the, the thing. experiment that's the will reason be why corrupted. I'm like, that's yeah. the reason why I brought up the family reunion thing because it's like, you know when you do something, but then you have to, like, manage everyone else's reactions to yes. it as opposed to, like, Thank experience you. it yourself? That's what I'm trying to get at. 
I think the question to, to return to the question you asked, the question you should ask yourself is like, do I have enough space mm. to fully hear and experience my reaction to this and to learn what I need to learn? Mm. So during the break, I ran down the street to mm-hmm. my salon in Fort Greene in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And I know this because six hours later, we're still here in the recording studio. So <laughs> it definitely literally happened. Um, can I see it? Are you going to take your hat off? Okay, patience, patience. Let me I, see, let me see. I want to take you first to my salon. It's called Changing Faces. <gasps> Get all you tea. <laughs> Farewell. Exactly. I love it. I, I just want you to be here with me. I want okay. you to smell the dye, the chemicals. I smell it. Absolutely. And I want to introduce you to my stylist. Her name is Jasmine. If I could trusted anyone to do it, to have me looking okay, it would be Jasmine. <laughs> now I'm like, ooh, the stakes are high. Cause I mean, but I'll sharpen. It's just not happening. <laughs> so I'm going to take you with me. Also, our producer, Zandra, she's going to come as I get my first silk press. Baby's first silk press. Baby's first silk Just press. Just for me. No lie conditioner, relax the cream. <laughs> Josh, how are you feeling? Nerve skided. I'm nerve skided. I'm like, I'm excited, but I'm also like nervous because I feel like I'm, I don't know how it's going to look. I've never looked like this before. Go to the wash. My mom's always worn her hair straight. I think you told me that before. So Jasmine, what's the next step? Okay, so now I'm just gonna blow you out and then I'll start to press you. Smells like Sunday. See, this is why I rock with you, because this is real trust, because you're not slick. <laughs> I'm not moving. <laughs> I want to know who the first person to be like, we should use saran wrap on my hair. That shit is genius. I don't know who thought about it, but it's genius. I've never sat under a dryer with saran wrap on my head. I, this was the biggest tease. Like, having to listen to the process with you right here in front of me, and I still haven't seen it. I need to see it. I need to see the roots. Okay. Let me see it, let me see it. I'm going to show you right now. (gasps) The emo bang. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Wow, what did it smell like? Like fire. (laughs) It smells hot. (laughs) I love it. Did you show your friends and family? What did they say? What did they think? My mom was like, you look like me. And I was like... (laughs) I mean, I true. still look like you. <laughs> There's a reason for that. <laughs> wow. How did it feel? So I had a lot of nerves going into it because it's like, what if it's not what I thought it was? Uh-huh. Like, I've always thought of having a silk press as being this thing where you feel like a bad bitch. Okay. Is that what and you felt? No, I didn't feel that. What? Were you disappointed when you didn't feel it? I Yeah. And I felt like, did I do this wrong? Or is there something wrong with my hair? Mm. Or is my hair the wrong length? Like, I feel like if my hair were longer, maybe I would feel more of that energy. Mm. Honestly, 
I remember thinking like maybe India RV was right. Like, whoa, like our hair means so much. And as we've seen through the timeline, like there's a lot that we project into our hair, but like it is just our hair and we're made of so much more than that. So I can't expect for a haircut to literally change what's on the inside of me. Interesting. But you know what's also really funny? What? The style didn't last 24 hours. Child, because welcome to the world. I of think I sweated it out. I they wrapped it before I left. I woke up, it was raining. Oh, the rain will no, the rain gets you out of here. Really I quick. looked in the mirror and my hair was huge. Yeah. Yes, like, absolutely. Listen. All this for nothing. You definitely have to check the weather before you schedule the hair straightening. <laughs> for real, for real. Okay, I wait. I feel like it was like a real welcome to the club type of thing. You've been um, inducted. Your induction is complete. One more question. Mm-hmm. Uh, did it really make you feel like Al Sharpton? I felt like... Because tonight will be the night that I, I will fall for you. you. That's I felt more like that. <laughs> So an emo Al Sharpton. An emo Al Sharpton. Wow. Like, I felt like, you know, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, all in my top eight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was a MySpace joke. Yikes. I love it. I love it. Have you ever seen this video of Al Sharpton talking about how James Brown made him get a conk and how his hair has been that way ever since? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. He's, I want people to see you as a reflection like my son. And that's why I started doing my hair. And years later, as I became known, I got a lot of flack from some of my more Afrocentric brothers. Get that conk out your hair. But they didn't understand it wasn't a style. It was a bonding Mm -hmm. for me to validate Mm -hmm. that a man felt I was worthy to emulate them that I didn't get from my father. Man, I love that. Um, Joshua. Mm-hmm. So now that you have cried at the salon um, during your <laughs> America's Next Top Model um, makeover. <laughs> She's cutting off all my hair and I had no idea because I've never watched this show before. Sandra, why are you crying? I love my hair. <laughs> It'll always grow back. That sucks for her, but it's like you really got to do what you got to do because it's the opportunity of a lifetime. You know what? <laughs> she put them girls through it. Um, uh, speaking of Tyra, let's bring her into the conversation and ask, did we learn something from this? I know I did. What'd you learn? I learned that hair is literally what we want it to be, Mm. right? It has the potential to be political, but it doesn't have to be political. It has the potential to be about expression, but it doesn't have to be about Mm -hmm. expression. And... One of the great things in life, if you're lucky enough to have it, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. is that you get to make that decision for yourself. Yeah. And so some days I will be using it as my barometer of how I'm feeling politically. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just, I feel like a bad bitch that week. And so... And that's all it is. And you can see it before I even open my mouth. (laughs) Sometimes it's just what it is. It's what it is. Aww. Something that I learned today from your conversation with Carvel is just why Ice Cube and Easy E had curls. And mm. it was fine because mm. they was killing niggas on the street <laughs> or at least rapping about it. Okay. I never took the time to sit down and like dissect it, mm. but it makes total sense. Also, the reason why, um, like the trope 
of the pimp in like 70s black exploitation movies. Mm-hmm. Always. They was always in a beauty shop getting mm-hmm. their hair done. Because they're like, say something. Right. I bet you won't. I bet you won't. I bet you won't. Also, I'm a little inspired, Joshua. Mm-hmm. All of the self-care that you've been doing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> love that for you. Thanks, man. I also love it for me. Not to make this about me. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it really does inspire me. And it gives me permission to do the same in ways that are, like, kind of radical. You okay. Know? Um, one of those ways is I am going to take some time away from the studio. Okay. And just breathe. I support this. Oh, there's so much going on. Y'all, turning 40. We'll do this to you. Mm. <laughs> like when they talk about midlife crises, mm-hmm. <laughs> they they lie about it. I always thought it's the thing that happens to men mm-hmm. when they hit forty. They you go buy a new Camaro, exactly, and they get a little sugar baby. Mm-hmm. That's all I knew. No, like your body changes. Mm. You're you become unbalanced hormonally, and like mm-hmm. it's a lot to take in. So, I am looking forward to really, really resting. And also looking forward to listening to the show with everybody else. Even though, you know, you won't hear my voice every episode, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. I'll stop through and check in, you know. I'm real proud of you. <laughs> it's really easy to be like, self-care. Right. Everyone should listen to your body. Mm-hmm. It's way easier to say that than it is to do it. And listen, you're doing it. That means a lot. Because it is hard work. It really is hard work. And sometimes it feels like, it's all for naught because I'm still fucking tired all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like, but I self-cared the shit out of myself last right, week. What's right, going right, on? Right, right. So it it feels really good to be recognized. I love that. Oh. So I have an idea. What? I'm going to bring on some people to help me with this season then. Ooh. Who's it going to be? Do you know? Have yeah. you been brainstorming? I have. Who? 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 Okay. So Matt Bellicide's going to come. Yay. Sam Sanders is going to come. Yay. Rachel Hampton from ICYMI is going to come. Yay. Um, we're going to talk to Jasmine Hughes. Oh, Lord. Also, yay. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be a riot. Guess what we're going to talk to her about next week? What? Cheetah girls, cheetah sisters. Wow. Of course you are. <laughs> of course you're going to talk so about the cheetah girls with Jasmine. that I can do the show and have the space, but that you're also getting what you need. Aww. And that I can, like, text you and be like... What did you think? <laughs> yeah. Like, I really want to stress to everybody that I am I am still here. Yes. You know? Mama's just taking a little vacation, but she'll be back, and you better have the chicken taken out before I get here. <laughs> Otherwise, consequences and repercussions. Take it out the freezer! <laughs> we'll see you next week. Back Issue is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. I'm the host and senior producer, Josh Gwynn. Back Issue was created by myself and Tracy Clayton. What up, girl? Our producers are Janelle Anderson, Xandra Ellen, and Ari Saperstein. Our editors are Leela Day and Emmanuel Hapsis. Our managing producer is Bria Mariette. Our executive producer is Leela Day. Our intern is Noah Camuso. Special thanks to Hemia Freeman, the men that you heard in this episode talking about their hair, and A-Town in general. Today's episode was produced by Xandra Ellen and edited by Leela Day. Our sound engineers include Sharon Bardales, Davy Sumner, Jason Richards, Jade Brooks, Marina Pais, Pedro Alvira, and Raj Makija. Art design by Cadence 13 and original music by Raj Makija and Don Will. Executive producers for Pineapple Street Studios are Jenna Weiss Berman and Max Glinsky. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Regarding Josh. You can follow the show on Instagram at Back Issue Podcast. And if you use the hashtag Back Issue Podcast to talk about it on Twitter, 
You sound like you like chaos, and I like you. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever free podcasts are sold. Tell a friend, tell a foe, tell anybody. Leave a review. It really does help. I'll see you next week. 